Welcome to Legends of Read. My name is Joanne Sukumaran. Every episode, I interview a top win player from the bassoon or over community. Find out more about them, about their musical knowledge and insights, and what makes them tick. Stay tuned. Hey, so and welcome to episode three of Legends of Read. Today, I have the great pleasure of welcoming a good friend of mine. His name is Roman Resnick. He is the co-principal bassoon of Oslo Philharmonic and also a bassoon teacher and also recently a conductor. Welcome to the show, Roman. Hello, thank you very much. Glad to be here. I'm so glad that uh, you agreed to come on the show. I've known you uh, quite uh, a few years now. We first met in Singapore when you were first playing for Singapore Symphony and I followed your career with uh, great interest because uh, you are known for your great energy and uh, stage presence and uh, beautiful sound on stage. Could you briefly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, hello. As, as uh, John has already mentioned, my name is Roman. So I, I'm currently residing in Oslo, Norway. So I'm playing in, uh, with Oslo Philharmonic for almost nine years now. And um, yes, uh, and so I'm also active uh, as a chamber musician and a soloist. And recently, I, start, I have started my conducting career. So basically, I'm trying to um, be active um, in from from all possible sides. And I mean, not only playing orchestra, but also doing all possible uh, activities connected to my instruments and and to the music as well. That's my short introduction. <laughs> okay, great. Um, what made you become a musician and uh, why did you choose to play the bassoon? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was not my choice. My, my parents brought me to music school and it was quite popular. I was born in the uh, Soviet Union and uh, it was very popular um, to bring uh, young children to, to the music schools because uh, parents wanted they, uh, that they become musicians. So, and uh, I had no idea about uh, any musical instruments. Of course, I, I knew about piano. So, and uh, in fact, my first musical instrument was a cello. So I, it was also not my choice. I just uh, saw my fingers and they say that, uh, yeah, probably I could be good for that instrument. So I, I started to play cello and piano. And uh, I w basically, it was not a big fun. So I was struggling for four years with that cello. And uh, after a while, it uh, has, um, I had to do some examinations, so it was very strict uh, um, educational system. So it was a special school of music. It was very hard to get in, and, uh, and you had to perform every year very hard, um, you know, exam, exam, exams. Uh, so and if you didn't play well enough, you had two options: either you had to switch an instrument or you had to leave the school. So and then it was this uh, this same option came to me when I was uh, 11 years old. Uh, I didn't play really well on uh, my cello, and then, then they suggested me not to switch to bassoon. So which I had no idea what what was bassoon actually. And uh, well, then luckily I had a very good teacher, and um, yeah. So I started when I was 11, and uh, I must say when I was already 13, 14, and then I had a chance to win uh, one of the biggest competition in Moscow. It was all all. Uh, former Soviet Union competition, and it was um, in it was a um, junior division, so it was pretty tough program, I remember. But so that's how I um, basically my connections to bassoon uh, started, and since then I've been playing this instrument. Ah, oh, that's that's quite interesting that uh, you started out with cello. Yes, yeah, I actually wanted to play cello 
but uh, my first yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's a very beautiful instrument and very yeah. similar to bassoon. But I, I think, uh, in a way, um, I, I I prefer uh, bassoon maybe because I, it's uh, I like I like to play with air. I like air. So for me, to to, to touch the string, and uh, it's not uh, physically. I don't uh, really comfortable with that feeling and I move the ball. Although it's fantastic instrument, of course. But in the bassoon, when you use the air, I feel it's much closer to me. Right, great, great. So, um, could you explain um, how you came to live in Singapore? I think you were working here for several years, right? When yes, exactly. It was actually, yes, I, I, I started my studies pretty early. So, when I was 16, I auditioned to Vienna for famous uh, professor. Uh, so, I started with 11 years old to learn bassoon. And when I was 16, I already did my first entry exam for Vienna Academy of Music with uh, Milan Turkovic. So, he accepted me into his class. And uh, after maybe two, three years, uh, I wanted really to get a proper orchestra experience. Of course, I was already playing in a, in a student orchestra, some gig orchestras, but I wanted really to have proper, let's say. And then the friend of mine said, ah, oh, you know, this audition in Singapore. So, of course, first I thought, oh, it's too far away. And maybe it's not, it's a bit too early. But then actually, I, I thought, I'll give it a try, you know, because I wanted to learn the orchestra repertoire. So. I did audition, it was in Germany, and then I got this position of, uh, for, I think, second bassoon, this contrabassoon. So, and then I came to Singapore, I really enjoyed the country, and uh, I learned a lot uh, playing in orchestra with uh, was many great soloists coming there. And uh, well, that's, that's how I, and then after a while, I thought, well, that was very nice. I really liked here, but uh, I wanted to continue my studies, you know. So, and uh, I stayed there for four years, and then I, Moved back to Europe, so in, I went back to Germany, to Berlin. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty uh, interesting story of you coming to Singapore. I remember quite fondly we were having a like a read making session. Yes, read making. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, and I remember you were very kind with everyone, and we stayed in contact after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a nice, yeah. oh, nice time. Yeah. What was your favorite memory of Singapore? Do you do you have? Some yeah, of course. I, I liked. Uh, in fact, I liked that it all always was sunshine. You know, I mean, of course, it was sometimes raining, but it was never. Um, many people don't like that. It is no seasons change. That it always summer. But for me, it was very good because I always could see the sun, and it was a uh, very nice. And besides that, of course, the country is very, very luxurious, very beautiful, and the food is extremely good. And uh, well, that's a. Um, uh, great, great, great place to be, I think. And it's also, I hope, uh, I haven't been there since I left, uh, since 2004, but uh, I hope it's developed quite much, uh, also many new buildings. And, um, well, uh, I only have quite positive remembrings about my time in Singapore. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you studied with uh, Milan Tokovic, yeah? Yes, he yeah. was my, uh, like, second teacher, basically. Second teacher, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, besides my first teacher who learned me to play bassoon, and then my Turkovic was my uh, second teacher, I would say. Okay, could you name us uh, some of your musical inspirations? Like, uh, where do you draw your inspiration from? Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, when I came to Vienna, Milan was uh, he extremely, I mean, great musician and. Uh, um, he helped me a lot to understand the style, first of all, you know, the classical style and Venice, uh, Mozart, and it was a big, big inspiration to study with him. It was maybe 
not so much about bassoon itself. Of course, he was very demanding uh, um, for sound uh, and the technical issues, but it was also a lot about styles, you know, about interpretations, how to play in that direction, Mozart and Haydn or Beethoven, what's the difference and how. So it was, um, and later, of course, like um, many, many bassoon players, I think, and still now, uh, I take inspiration for, from many people, but to name a few, of course, it's uh, to whom I feel really close, and uh, from all, all from Brasum players. Of course, it's uh, Sergio Zolini, with whom I also studied for one year in Basel, and um, he really opened my eyes, you know, because um, he's a true musician, and uh, and many people say is there a different opinions of course you cannot deny he's a genius and some people say it's a bit dangerous to study with him if you want to get an orchestra position and uh, but I, I think in fact he helped me very much also for auditions he helped me a lot he um, explained exactly how to behave in the, the audition and uh, i'm disagree with people who are saying that he is not good or prepare people for auditions. So I think he has, he's complete, you know, he has extremely high um, musicality and, uh, and uh, he has all the technical, everything is there, you know, the sound, intonation, articulation, he has he basically complete musician. And a uh, couple of conductors, since I started conducting, of course, uh, the one big name, which also I could mention, and uh, it's, uh, Austrian conductor Carlos Kleiber, with whom uh, I think he's really uh, one of the, definitely one of the best conductors and best musicians. And I think what makes them unique because, you know, these people, they have both. They have extremely high technical, um, um, I mean, they have everything technically, they can do everything like uh, Kleiber or Zolini, plus musicality. And then because at the end, the goal is music, you know, it's not the technique. Technique is just must serve the music. So of course, it's not possible to make music without uh, solid, uh, solid um, technical um, basis. But you have to go further than that, you know, because uh, even uh, playing in an orchestra, I think uh, people wants to hear music. Not only uh, it's important to play in tune and very good sound, but uh, the ultimate goal to go further than that, because it's uh, that's what makes music music. People come in to hear expressions, not only people who produce nice sounds, you know. So this and um, uh, well, I also like to listen to great cello players and singers. Uh, maybe not uh, so many bassoon players, mm. but uh, there are many very good bassoon players. But uh, I'm trying to think about mostly uh, what is in common, what we have in common with the singers. We have a lot in common with the singers, you know, about, um, about first of all, we produce sound with the air, with our, um, and we have to use a diaphragm support and the throat, you know, all these things. So there is lot of, lots of uh, people who inspires me, you know, it's very hard to describe, every, to, to mention everybody. Yeah, certainly uh, Azanini is one of my favorite bassoonists. Um, he's mm. he's really one up there. Uh, maybe one day I can interview uh, him. I hope. <laughs> yeah. So um, I know that uh, you have been quite busy conducting the last few weeks. Right. And uh, so, can you explain to us uh, what led to you picking up the baton? Do you um, mm. have a different perspective now as a musician after you started to conduct? Right. Yeah, of course. Um, the conducting came just uh, instinctively. I was playing uh, since uh, quite, uh, I mean, since quite a long in, in the orchestra. And uh, 
of course, uh, as a musician, we are very critical towards conductors. Often, mostly, we are very unsatisfied. You know, we always think, oh, with this conductor, you know, and sometimes you have great conductors. Oh, that was good, good, you know. But for me, it was always uh, I could understand what what makes a good conductor good, and what what do we really need an orchestra musician from conductor, you know. So, and then um, often when I was, especially when I was not so satisfied with conductors, I thought, ah, I would like to, and after the concert, I thought, I, I would like to do differently. But of course, I, I didn't know how, because I, I didn't have any experience of conducting. So I started to learn conducting about two and a half years ago, and I stood, stood in the front of the orchestra. So then I, once I was performing a, a solo concerto, uh, bassoon concert, I can't remember, Vivaldi or Mozart, and I also asked for permission to conduct uh, one of the Mozart symphonies in the same concert. Of course, I didn't have proper technique yet, but I wanted to just to have connection and to inspire people, you know, I think that was most important for conductors when you stand in the front of the professional orchestra with a very good musician, so not very good musician, doesn't matter. Uh, your main... Um, uh, I would say um, main 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 uh, thing what you have to do objective uh, yeah it's oh. it's uh, you have you have to you know know why you stand in there not because you want to make money more money than musician or, or satisfy your so your ambitions or whatever like unfortunately it happens a lot you know some people are starting to do, to conduct not because they want to you know inspire or bring ideas of composer but because they want to um, get benefits out of this profession you know so and uh, then it was very good feeling when i actually I must say it was uh, not easy but uh, i i tried to transmit the ideas what i was thinking of this music should sound to musician and then uh, of course i i was not pushing they say you should play this way but i was suggesting and, and we were trying to find out all the best solution to make it sound um, the best you know that everybody also like to perform that so and since then uh, i have been taking lessons and uh, um, and the master classes and um, now yeah since as you has mentioned uh, the past three four weeks i've been intensively conducting different orchestras so the the um, also, for me, it's a good challenge when I'm asked to perform as a soloist, mostly, of course, Mozart concerto or Vivaldi concerto, then I can do it without conductor, you know, so I can conduct from bassoon. And then in the second part, I usually do overtures and I take my bassoon, which is quite challenging because you conduct it, then you have to, you don't have really time to warm up. You just take, grab bassoon because audience cannot wait until you play in some scales, you know. You take directly your bassoon and uh, you play and uh, after intermission you conduct symphony. So it's very demanding. And uh, my, like one month ago, I, I was doing, I was performing at a very big festival in Germany. And it was in uh, northern Germany with a Polish orchestra. So it was, uh, I was playing Mozart bassoon concerto plus conducting Mendelssohn overture and um, and um, symphony, Italian symphony. And it was uh, quite a challenging conditions because it was half open air concert. It was in an old uh, monastery, which was uh, half opened. So it was a lot of wind and uh, you couldn't, it was not ba backstage. You couldn't put your instrument anywhere while I was conducting an overture. So I was putting basically it outside of the, almost like you know, on the street, you know? So I just asked some people to, to look after my instruments. And once I've done this overture, I came down, I just, play a few notes, I went back and I played, you know, so it was a, but at the same time, it was really exciting. So I, I, I would say, and and also, it's also good uh, possibility when, I, when I'm trying to conduct and I have chance, then I also want to introduce our instrument as a solo instrument. So I'll using this opportunity to show people that bassoon is a, also could be a good, very good solo instrument, you know.
so this is uh, both things so i i do conduct in, in because i really love music and i want to inspire people and because i want when i have a chance uh, to be a soloist to introduce our instruments as well yeah i think it's really unusual and uh, really quite uh, remarkable that you are trying to conduct and play mm -hmm. at the same time because usually you see for example like uh, violinists like julian recklin yeah doing this dual career or like mm -hmm. maxine Mangalov, like the great yeah. uh, soloist who's right. also doing this uh, twin career and, exactly. and now we have you from the <laughs> in fact i'm not the first i'm not the first of course it was uh, yeah. i mentioned my, my teacher milan turkovic he yeah, has yeah. been conducting quite intensively and uh, yeah. Um, I think, but but the challenge is to do it uh, both things on the same level because you know if they say ah he's good bassoon player but conductor is not so and of course uh, it requires proper proper studies it's not just I, I just pick up the baton and you go and conduct you know so I'm I'm spending lots of time for uh, for um, preparing the score and also for the technical issues so I'm, I'm practicing a lot with the bat baton and. Uh, I'm doing lots of recordings and I'm observing myself. I'm watching other conductors, so it's not only uh, you know not on this amateur way of conducting. So I, I'm trying to do it on a also decent level. Yeah, it's so. great because I, I feel that you really want to uh, connect with people and then also raise the profile of the bassoon exactly. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's just my my exactly that's my project. Uh, yeah yeah so shall we listen to some of your music you have released an album which is called baroque masterpieces for bassoon and harp with your wife right right yeah yeah, yeah it was just yeah sorry what it was an like experimental city yeah yeah it was uh, done very, within very short period of time and of course uh, uh, many things if i would do it now i would i would do it completely different but well if you want to listen <laughs> please enjoy Okay, let's listen to a bit of the beginning of the Vivaldi Sonata in A minor.
was just the beginning of the first movement, the last one. Yeah, yes. and it's uh, you hear that sound is uh, is amazing. Bosun sound. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm you read now. <laughs> you mentioned that you did it in a very short time, right? Or Yes, because um, uh, you know, in fact, we just did it because uh, once we have we were playing something, we know we were not perform performing before, and then once I thought, okay, let's just have fun play this sonata, and the next day say, okay, let's put camera and just record it and put it on YouTube, and surprisingly, it was people liked it, you know, and there was a number of of, of views, so I said, okay, maybe we can produce some CDs since people liked it, and uh, well, because it's a very um, you know. It's not you need, you need proper time for organizing CD recording and the transport the instruments and harps, so it was done within a short period of time. And uh, of course, uh, it was the result was quite quite fine. And uh, but as you know, mostly mo most of us I and mean, everybody who does recordings, and after a while, we think I ah, many things I would change. And so I pretty happy with many things. But of course, if I if I would listen to it now, I, I would also do a lot of changes in my interpretation. Oh yeah. Okay, do you have any advice for me because I'm about to enter the studio in December? <laughs> how do you how do you get into this peak state for the studio? Yeah, this is of course a challenge to keep the concentration and energy level for because sometimes it goes up to five, six hours recording, you know, and also conditions. So if you were recording in the church, it was a quite it was during the winter, so it was extremely 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 cold. And uh, for, so for the intonation, harbor harb, uh, goes uh, up, goes down, or, or other way around, you know. Plus, it's a lot of echo, so it was a bit uh, challenging with the keynote. So it was not optimal conditions, but well, we uh, I tried my best. And um, yes, so the, I think the, the rec most challenging aspect of recording is to make it uh, very alive, that it's not sounds too sterile as well, you know, because sometimes when you record all over the same bar 100 times, and then it's maybe it gets very clean, but at the same time you lose, you cannot perform with the same inspiration, you know. It can be become very maybe perfect, but there is something missing. The emotion is missing, you know, there. So I do know I think it's important to play through, you know, and then do some corrections and then again through that you have the whole the not record by bar or per very per, per very small um, that it should be like at the concert basically but with some corrections this is uh, that you should have same approach you know and uh, then you can feel it on cd as well that it's not only uh, on not only very clean and and uh, and uh, you know perfect but there is also music inside that's why actually i prefer very much live recording to cd recordings because uh, Often is, is, there is more life in the music there than, than in, a, in a studio recordings. But if you do this way, I mean, if you do like like a live recording, studio recording as well, it could be. I think the result would be very. Good. Yeah. So I'm sure you have also trained stamina and uh, and your yeah, arm for sure, no? Of yeah. course. Yeah. It's very very important and uh, yeah. as well as a as a concentration and keep focused uh, because it's it's um, yeah it's it's good when you have a good sound engineer who can tell you already a lot of things, but i don't trust very much so i every time i'm going to listen myself you know so every time i went to listen then you have to go back and take instrument and go listen again take it so this all these changes uh, is also pretty tiring and uh, um mm. so this is of course it requires uh, some preparation and uh, you can do it already of course if you decide to do it yourself uh, maybe you you can record 
prior to this uh, actual CD recording, you can do at home already all these takes that you already um, corrected many things in. Also, you, you don't you don't you save time. You know, you don't need yeah. to things again. And uh, when the, the CD recording actually comes, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, your duo is with your wife, Delphine yes. Constantine Westley. Yeah. What yes. is the best part of making music with your wife? What do you think? Um, yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a very of course uh, to play du duet duet with uh, your um, wife or husband or whatever boyfriend girlfriend it's could it's quite uh, challenging because uh, you can have completely different ideas you know and um, that's it was quite I must say it was not very easy because uh, I had my very strong ideas of interpretation and she had a, a bit her own and then often we disagreed uh, how, how it must be done but at the end uh, I was deciding because I was I mean mostly because I, I was soloist and she played basso continuo part you know so but then when you agree on many things and, and you integrate then then it's uh, you get complete understanding so that then you can also achieve achieve um, good result because you feel in the same direction I think this is very important you know to find the partner with whom you can collaborate because I have played with the people who play great and but and maybe but maybe we thought in different ways and it, 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 it was good result you know but um, because there are many different ways you cannot say oh, you can do only this way or that way or that way or that way so of course it's it's optimal to find people with whom you feel the same you know and uh, you will never ha feel anyway 100% the same because somebody say, ah, oh, maybe bassoon can be here a bit louder. And uh, then you say, no, I think I'm playing, I play playing uh, loud enough or whatever, you know, all the suggestions. So of course, uh, you, it's also important to be open to other people's idea and find this compromise. Mm, but um, basically the, the, the whole thing is about music, about how to achieve the best, uh, if, if the composer wanted this way or, you know, to find out the truth about music, you know, not only about, um, to, to basically to play what is in a, in a score and also what is beyond the notes, you know. Mm. So this is the ultimate goal of all musicians, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I notice you seem to play a lot of Baroque music. Yes. Uh, is there a certain reason or you, you, is mm. it because you love Baroque music so much? Or? Yeah, of course, I think uh, for, for our instrument, it was a um, bassoon uh, was started uh, the, the big, big uh, had big name already from in Baroque period uh, with Antonio Vivaldi and many other composers. And uh, I think this music, um, I feel very close to because it's very sincere, you know, this music comes directly from from heart from from um, and it maybe let's say not talk about religion, but I would believe it's connected to some higher uh, Purpose, uh, and, yeah. yes exactly so i feel i feel this music it's uh, very very natural uh, to me and of course i like any kind of music but baroque music it's uh, I, I feel especially close to it and uh, and it's um, i miss baroque music very much because in a big symphony orchestra we played very 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 seldom almost never you know unfortunately so I think it's uh, that's why I'm when I, when I when I have time to perform some chamber music or play with my wife. I often I include in the baroque repertoire, and I think it's also very very important to because it's a roots. You know, of course you can talk about uh, also Renaissance music, but I think the baroque music is a roots of of more modern music uh, of everything. You know, so if you can play if you can play Bach and then you can play good Bach and you can play good Mozart, it's it's a very big thing because you know then it's you can do romantic music and then you come to okay contemporary music requires some special um, skills but uh, anyway the, the baroque and and, and mozart and class vienna classic this is a this is a 
you know the the roots of the of the of the music you know uh, that's it's it's so important to to be able to perform it um, on on a on a good level and to understand this music also you know i think of course, there are people who specialize in on, on uh, modern music only, and I think it's completely fine. They they are only doing these things, and they feel close to this, and they don't feel close to baroque or or classical or romantic. And um, but as a, as a, to be in complete position, I think it's important to be uh, to be uh, to play everything, you know, and uh, to understand all kind of music. That's why I started with baroque, and uh, and uh, I always coming back to it. And uh, I think, in fact, when when you I also start to come back now, uh, I you, when you look deep into the score, you need to have a lot, also a lot of a lot of imagination for baroque music because there's very there is no indications basically. There's only tempo indications sometimes, even no tempo indications, and then you need to see in a harmony and there is, to find out what kind of mood and the mood change can change just within within like, uh, you know, half bar, completely different mood when the harmony changed. And it's pretty exciting. It's like an enigma that like you just, you just to trying to, because when you, when, you, when you go later to romantic music, it's much more indication. So composer exactly writes how he wants to perform this music, you know, and you see orchestra scores, but in the classical Baroque music, there is nothing, you know, so you need to have a lot of knowledge and uh, of course, and make it also at the same time very natural. It doesn't need to sound sound too scientific, say, ah, yeah, I read a book, it's written, it should sound like this, you know, of course not. It should uh, sound still very, it should speak to people's hearts and minds. Yeah, I was reading and um, one of a quotation from Isaac Stern. And yeah. He was saying that, uh, playing Bach is like for a musician like uh, praying. Exactly. Yeah. Doing a meditation, right? So I yeah. always felt something very... Um, yes, I, I totally agree with yeah. it. Yeah, very it's profound. Clean, it's, yeah. it's clean. It's clean in the soul. And it's, it's very good to... Because, you know, as musicians, we need to... We need to... I cannot say be pure, but, but we need to bring uh, the, the emotions uh, and... Uh, and um, feelings um, uh, to to through our instrument, you know. And of course, this music of Bach, uh, he was uh, deeply religious as well, and uh, served in many churches. It's directly connected to the God. I mean, either you believe in God or not, but uh, it's uh, he, he connected to, I would say, to higher higher spirits, you know, something not only physical, you know, that it's through this music you can feel that there is a hope, there is something else exists beside uh, beyond our physical presence. You know, yeah, that's a very good way of uh, putting it. Yeah. So, do you have any tips? Um, because you have such a great sound. Uh, what do you do every day? Uh, do you have tips on working on sound and projection? Do you practice outdoors in the nature? Or like mm. Well, uh, actually, I was. Uh, it's, <laughs> no, thank you very much for compliment. I I've been working a lot on my sound, and uh, I remember when I. I came to Germany after Singapore, you know, I was playing in orchestra and in fact, my sound got a bit small because I was playing always and, you know, as you know, conductor always wanted to play five piano bassoons there. So I had to start to do a lot of exercises because my teacher was say, yeah, the sound is not, uh, not big enough. And yeah, so I was uh, doing a lot of things, experimenting with reeds, and of course uh, I also switched the instruments and uh, trying to find out what suited to me the best. and. Uh, Finally, of course, I end up, end up with a heckle bassoon. So, uh, and uh, I was uh, working a lot with uh, with um, yeah support, of course, which is very important support because it's um, 
it's everything you know if you have a very good support even even if you don't have maybe not perfect read it can compensate a lot with if you have a, a lot of air and um well i try to fill up my instrument just with the air you know i cannot say i'm, I'm practicing of course some exercises uh, and um, but it's nothing something unusual you know so i'm just uh, and of course it's important also to have a model that you have you have to imagine what kind of sound do you want to do because sometimes you want to have a bit brighter sound sometimes darker sound uh, and uh, if you play in orchestra uh, depends on what, what repertoire you play uh, so um, uh, and I, I cannot say that I found it once and forever I am, I'm experimenting of course I'm, I'm continuing to do, try different things and see what uh, what uh, how it's possible to improve or or just just to change to make it more flexible you know so but it's important to have a concept of sound so you decide that you have already imagined what kind of that sound must, uh, the sound picture must already be, um, you know, in your mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you hear it, this sound, it, it should come out that sound out of, of out of your instrument. Okay. Do you make uh, what kind of reeds do you use? You make your own reeds? Yeah, I'm uh, now since I started to conduct, I'm trying. Actually, don't have so much time to make my own reeds. Of course, uh, whenever I have a bit, some free days. I um, usually use a dance cane or even dance reeds because okay. I play in a quite tensed uh, material, yeah. uh, which um, requires a lot of pressure. Yeah. And uh, so that's for me. Uh, or then I uh, try and uh, I have a I have a friend, some friends who sometimes give given me, you know, because I say, oh, can you try? And uh, in fact, if it works for me, I just play on that read. So I don't, I, I for me, main thing is just to have a quite dense material and then I can uh, change it uh, to my own preferences. You know? So I can't really, uh, to play on a soft uh, cane, it's, uh, it's not that easy for me, I would say. So I always search for some harder material, which uh, has a resistance and then I can work with that. And, um, yeah, it gives me possibility. Of course, it's more demanding because you need to you need to have a more pressure, stronger lips, more air pressure. But um, then it uh, has also good things because it has more projections. I think for me, for me, at least, it works. Uh, I know some of my colleagues they absolutely can't play on my reads, but uh, we are all very individual, and um, you just need to find out what suits best for you as well. You know. Yeah. 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 Certainly. Um... So what do you like to do for fun? Do you have some hobbies you like to do in your free time to relax away from music, from the orchestra? Yeah, well, uh, for fun, uh, I'll, I'll uh, actually like to travel very much, you know, because uh, and to explore different countries. And I think it's very important for musicians to, to be very open-minded, you know, um, to know also literature and, uh, and uh, the paintings, go to museums, you know, to, to be uh, not only close-minded, let's say bassoon player, but know everything about life. And that's why I like to explore. And then you can also learn other things which can bring you some new ideas, you know, also in your bassoon playing, you know. So that's why I love to travel and uh, to whenever I have a chance to learn new culture, uh, meet new people and um, yes, uh, to visit museums. So this is my passion. I would say I really 
I really, for me, it's difficult to stay at one place more than a few weeks, you know, so this is my hobby, <laughs> I would say. Okay, okay, so you have uh, itchy feet, like what we say. Yes. Yeah. Do, uh, do you have some projects coming up? Uh, what can we expect from you in the next few months? Yeah, now um, in in a uh, few weeks, I'm, I'm performing... Um, one sonata by Norwegian composers, uh, composer Morten Gatthau. In fact, he wrote for me a bassoon concerto, which I played two times uh, recently. And then uh, now he has C C CD presentation, so I'm playing here in Oslo in the theater. And uh, then uh, there is a chamber music festival starting. Uh, and then I, I play in quite unusual combination. It's a friend of mine. So we play with a uh, bassoon, harp, uh, viola, and cello, which is a very unique combination. Of course, we play in only pieces specially written for us or arranged. And uh, surprisingly, it sounds pretty good, you know, although you think this is quite weird combination of instruments. So we've been doing a couple of tours, and now we're going to play again together in, in about one month. Uh, so with a new, new repertoire. And, uh, you know, uh, it's very exciting because these instruments, besides cello, harp, bassoon, viola, that I would say is not first soloist instrument, you know, so people not uh, mostly know them as orchestra instrument. But, and that's why we're trying to show to the people that how great this instrument can sound, you know, even they all perform together. So it's also, I like this untraditional, um, untraditional to do, not, uh, let's say, not very traditional things, you know. Of course, playing the wing quintet is one thing, but to do something, uh, something more, let's say, uh, less authentic, it's uh, completely different. And I really like to, uh, very open to new ideas. And uh, I always search for, you know, new ideas and new people. And uh, so that's, that's what, what I'm trying to do you know and then next and then of course uh there's um, other things uh, i'm again performing in, uh, in 2019 there are a couple concerts when i'm playing again as a soloist and conducting so uh and uh, it's again mozart bassoon concerto hopefully uh, hopefully the the organizers at some point could you know include some other concertos but um, so far mozart is most popular <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you are looking for more challenges yeah, for yourself yeah, of course, because you know, uh, yeah. I think uh, the, the the danger is when you when you get an orchestra job. Uh, yeah. Of course, not the dangers. It's it's uh, quite easy to get routine. You know that you yeah. go, you play, go, and again the same piece again. And for some people, it's no problem. But I think uh, after a while, for me, it gets. Uh, I cannot uh, only live with that. You know, because that it gets you lose inspiration. Also, you know, you come, you play, and you go. So I always try to to experiment with the things and you know always uh, searching for something new and challenging of course yeah that's because that's what life is about you know <laughs> mm -hmm. okay so i've come to my uh final question yeah uh which is uh, what has been the most important uh, thing you have learned in your career and do you have any advice you can give other young musicians um it's very hard to say in my yeah. career I, for me is most important is uh, of course and i'm always hopefully try to do that uh, uh, whenever i'm performing music uh, it's i'm not thinking about so much about the i would say instrument of course for me the instrument is actually it should be work everything with a read and then you know but at the end i'm trying to deliver idea of composer you know and when i, when I see that audience you get you get uh, uh, these uh, reactions and you feel that you can transmit it, you know, 
this is a most uh, the best experience ever you can experience because and and especially when you play uh, like as I mentioned, when I played Mozart Bassoon Concerto one month ago in Germany, and it was maybe two three thousand people in the audience, you know, and and maybe main, some of them never heard bassoon before, and and that in fact that you can express and also maybe do something useful for our instrument and bring people you know joy with the music and the instrument is as i would say is the most important things in career and when, when i have the chances when you have these good concerts of course it's a it's a best feeling uh, you can experience you know so and the advice to young musicians uh, uh, yeah i mean you just uh, it's important just to love the music, you know, and uh, uh, when you, you're an instrumentalist, of course, it's, it's a very, very important to master your instrument. You need to have a solid technical, uh, as I mentioned before, you, you need to practice scales, exercise, all these things just in order to serve the music, you know, not only for exercises, but you know, you need to know for what you need the things, you know, and then uh, you need to basically, once you've done with exercises, you need to go into the music and forget exercises you know but they're important you know so i would say technical and musical things they should come come always together but we need to serve music with a technical uh, basis mm. you know that's yeah. that's my advice yeah, the difficulty is learning to forget no i think sometimes to forget the rules sometimes when you're exactly yeah so of course yeah. there is always technical issues when you when you yeah. when you it's always two things you know sometimes if you concentrate you can say oh it was very good technically but musically it was missing yeah. something you know or sometimes ah, oh, musically was especially when i start to conduct you know it's even more crucial because sometimes you can be extremely clear but it's nothing but music you know some conductors that do something like this you don't understand where is a beat you know but musically is very interesting you know so to combine both things you know it's it this is a challenge you know and uh, to have a, and for instrumentalists i think is easier for conductor is even more difficult because it's uh, you cannot with the hands you know you don't produce a sound and and uh, but um the these two things are must always cooperate i think so on my on my opinion you know? so and yeah very, yeah yeah. Okay, yeah, well said. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. I no hope to, to to hear you or maybe see you live. I think yeah. I, I really am curious now to see you live conducting. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe in so some much. years I'll come to Singapore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. No problem. Thank yeah, you very much. Thank it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.